You're listening to DC On Screen. On this episode, we are talking about the totally messed up shit that Leto's Joker did to Robin in the Snyderverse, the new DC Comics EIC, and answering your questions. All that and who the hell knows what else after this message for, I don't know, insurance or mattresses. Yeah, that. (laughs) We don't know. Harvard Business School Online offers professional certificate courses that are 100% online and can be completed on your own time. Discover how HBS Online can help you take the next step in your career and try a free business lesson today at hbsonline.info. Welcome into DC On Screen episode 618. This is the podcast where we talk about the DC Comics multiverse on film and television, give honest opinions on projects upcoming and past, and believe that every version of a property is valid, even if we really don't want it to be. If it's been released, it is fair game, so beware of spoilers, and welcome to the show. I'm David C. Robertson, and this, the useful wicker basket who won't help my unsuspecting people of Pompeii, Jason Goss. Hi. <laughs> I don't know if you know this or not, but wicker don't stand up to lava. No. <laughs> no. No, no. Doesn't even make a good fossil. She no. Just, she just goes up in flame. <laughs> Have I mentioned that something I like about the intro as it normally is, is the part where you're like, even if you don't want it to be, and I, I always feel like you're tipping your hand a little bit about something that's, <laughs> something that's coming up. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't mean to, I, uh, this, or um, I don't think I am. I'll be honest. The only thing I, <laughs> the only thing I ever think about is Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> <laughs> is that just a trigger moment for you? Yeah. I mean, it's not even a prompt. Like, it's not even all of Nolan's trilogy. It's just Dark Knight Rises. Just, yeah. Just that last, like, 35% of it. Um, but sometimes it seems like you say it pretty neutrally. Like, like uh, yeah, even if even if we don't want them to be and blah, blah, blah. Like, uh, you know, almost almost like an announcer voice kind of thing. Like, you keep the same mm-hmm. tone. And then every now and then you're like, even if we don't want it to be. <laughs> I never know what I'm going to do, man. <laughs> It just has a very different... I don't know. It has a different different feel. And sometimes, you know, depending on where I am with the week too, sometimes I'll I'll hear you and I think I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, I, I think I know what you were getting at. And other times I'm, I'm every now and then I'll hear you say something. You're like, even if I don't want it to be, and I'm like, oh shit, I didn't hear anything. What, whew, what am I in for? Yeah, no, I, because <laughs> as is the natural pattern of the show, I only know about 50% of what you're going to say as it happens. Yeah. See, I rarely, I, I don't know. I rarely have a really negative reaction to anything that's coming up. Mm-hmm. We're too jaded I, I, for that now. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I sort of just kind of feel like I'm willing to give it a chance. And I don't know that that's jaded. That might be, well, I guess in some ways, maybe. I don't know. It's like jaded optimism. Is that is that a thing? Or just resigned to, you know, because the thing that I have to understand and I have to, I think a lot of fans don't understand is I, I, I'm not making these movies. I'm not making these shows. Yeah. Yeah. My vision is not seen on the screen. Yeah. So I've got to get over that and go, nobody, this is somebody else's thing. Well, this is, it is what it is. And I appreciate it to <laughs> this amount or, or not. Right. So, but the one thing I do know I don't like is Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> and that's. <laughs> Occasionally it is like Batman and Harley Quinn sneak in. Yeah. That's the thing. Batman, Batman and Harley Quinn. Yeah. That, that's a great example. I'll even take, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm going to because it's true. I just realized I would take Dark Knight Rises over Batman and Harley Quinn. 
Yeah, I saw where you were going with that, and I did my own little... Uh, little tabulation? Yeah, uh, I tried to run the figures for myself. I uh, did a little bit of checks and balances, and I think I'm on the same side with you. Yeah, I think if I had to yeah. pick one that I was never going to have to watch again, it would have to be Bar- Batman or Harley Quinn. Oh, I mean, you know, I'm not going to probably watch either one of them for a long time, but... <laughs> yeah, there's that <laughs> it came For me, it came down to, did Dark Knight Rises have a very long sequence that was nothing but someone farting in the back of the Batmobile. No. Like, unless, no, unless it was like a, a silent situation and they just never addressed it. No. Well, I, I don't know about all that. Yeah. That could be some, somebody's head cannon that I think just shouldn't be there. That's Schrodinger's fart, man. I don't yeah. know about all that. Yeah. We, <laughs> we can thankfully leave that behind into the area of, of useless speculation, but, uh-huh. but definitely an audible, unfortunate situation. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I could bail on that entirely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, or what was it? Uh, four and a half minutes of uh, of like weird uh, kind of vaguely stripping uh, dance action in a. I don't know. It's hard to describe. I, get, uh, I don't remember the stripping. It's not stripping. It's it's like uh, I remember her stripping like, and like then sexualized like, uh, dancing in a bar. Yeah, I don't even remember that. I remember her being at the bar and there being like a punk number or something. And that was not terrible. Like her, her portion of it. Yeah, but, it's been so long. Maybe I remember that, m- remembering that incorrectly. I could have sworn it was, uh, it was one of those moments where I'm like, Bruce, man, just, just have these moments in your private time. Bruce Tim, I should say, actually. Now that right, I've, right. Now that I've said that out now, loud. I thought there was the, I mean, there was the thing where she, you know, strips down and has sex with, with uh, Nightwing, who is all like tied up to the bed. There was that. Yeah, there was that. Well, this has been a weird sidebar of condemnation. That uh, no, but you know, it's gonna be one of those anyway. Yes, it is. This is a weird episode. But look, man, I'm gonna say this about Dark Knight Rises. Then we can move on. <laughs> Harley Quinn, the animated series, has legitimized Dark Knight Rises for me in in such a way because Dark Knight Rises gave birth to that version of Bane. Yeah, yeah. Without that, we don't get that Harley Quinn version of Bane, and that's just. It's too priceless to me now. It's yeah. precious. It is. It's fantastic. So and still, overall, yeah. it's it's it. It was not my favorite thing by any stretch, but it's there, there was there was good stuff in there. Yeah, I mean, there's some good stuff in Dark Knight Rises. Sure, we should maybe just do that one day as a separate episode. Like after we spent what I feel like was probably four and a half five hours bashing it. <laughs> I don't think it was that long. It felt right. like it. <laughs> uh, and yet, for us, that the the time felt like moments. Maybe we should just go back and do like a. Here's what we actually did like about it, kind of thing. Yeah, maybe. maybe I mean, I think we did. I think we did that on the show, but hell, who knows? It was so long ago. Oh, it was like five years it's been ago. Been forever since I watched it. I'd be curious about my take now. Yeah, we have gone soft, as they say. Mm-hmm. Flaccid. Yeah. <laughs> There's things I'd still be like, yeah, he went too far with the voice, or yeah, that should have caused sepsis, and Jim should be dead. There's stuff I'd still be like, no. But I feel like there's probably. I I think I'd be more positive if I watched it right now. But it's been three years since I watched that movie. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I think it's been five actually, years. Actually, it's been five, yeah. yeah. I haven't it watched it since five. we reviewed it. Yeah, oh God, it's been half a decade. That's right. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to go back. We'll see. If I go back, I'm going to have to watch the whole trilogy again. And we've got like 70 days till the CW premiere, so I've, I've, you know, theoretically have time to go back and, you know, get some reading done and watch things that I haven't got to watch for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. <laughs> So did you have you, did you see anything about this this Joe is uh Jared Leto's Joker and how he killed Robin? Nope. Okay. I always assumed it was a crowbar based on, you know, 
the images he was tweeting at the time. I, I have no confirmation on the crowbar. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you have? Um, this guy that's going by Agent Brown, Doug Stewart. He's a um, costume designer. Mm-hmm. And three years ago, he posted some of this. And then he posted some, like it looked like five days ago uh, from now. But anyway, uh, he had a picture of uh, one of Robin's gauntlets from BVS. Mm-hmm. And was talking about, uh, oh gosh, where, where is it at now? Oh, he says, a bit of detail on Robin's gauntlet. He was brutally murdered and then set ablaze by the Joker. The story had to be told in the salvaged costume on display inside the Batcave. Aging and specialty distressing needs to tell these unscripted tales that support the main framework of the film. Here we had to create a Robin suit in a matter of days, using what we had and then figure out how to modify it as well as building the support interior. It was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the big the big thing is he was brutally murdered and then set ablaze by the Joker. Hmm. He was throw he was caught on fire. Like throw him threw him on fire. Yeah. How, how do you say that? <laughs> set um, alight. <laughs> that dude got Salemed. No, that's <laughs> they weren't he lied. No, they were hanging the witches in Salem. It wasn't it was uh whatever other it well, the rest of the witch trials where they just mm-hmm. burned him instead. So and yeah, you can see some 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 burns there on the suit. And he talked about it a little a little more. Not he talked about the suit. Uh, started talking about cannibalizing the stunt bat suit. Snipped, nipped, trimmed, and tucked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he said a robin suit was in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know that's the big that's the big headline is like oh shit Joker burned him. Um. So then we have Shay Lonsdale. I think this looks like it's on Twitter, maybe who said, uh, who posted a picture of the Robin suit and then a pose, a, a picture of Wayne Manor in the distance and said, if Zach and David stick with the story of having Joker brutally beat Robin to death, then set his body on fire. Then there's no doubt in my mind that it happened in Wayne Manor and the fire is what left the house looking like that. Another, uh, another thing to think about mm. with this if true, is that Joker probably knows Batman's true identity, but chooses to keep it a secret as he doesn't want his twisted back and forth relationship with Batsy to end. Um, and I, I love all that. Absolutely. It's, fantastic. it's all fantastic. Also, all fantastic. Like, like Joker War made great use of that mechanism here recently. Mm-hmm. That was, I mean, that was the big gag at the beginning was like, what if this entire time I, I knew his identity, but I just didn't want to pull the trigger because it wouldn't take the fun out of it. But what if I came up with a bat? Oh, wait, that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And, and this person named James on Vero looks like uh, took screenshots of it and posted it on Vero and said, would it be, would be interesting to see this by the way, James, he's got that. He's got uh, as his avatar, that great image from the anatomy of a superhero book. Oh God. I love of, that thing. Of uh, the Da Vinci Superman. The da Vinci Superman. Oh yes. God, it's gorgeous. The whole book's gorgeous. Can't remember. <laughs> cannot recommend that book enough. I, I have not finished it because I didn't want it to be over. Occasionally, I'll just go through and read a few pages, like soaking it up. It's so much fun. Yeah. So James said, "Would it be interesting to see this?" And of course, Snyder liked it. Nice. So you know, we that doesn't mean necessarily that's what happened, but that's a really cool theory. Yeah. And uh, I wouldn't be sad about that at all. No, yeah, that'd be cool. It's kind of I mean, fun every once in a while when, like, fan speculation. The you know the authors have said thing like, you know what, that's actually pretty cool canon. It doesn't doesn't no that that fits. <laughs> it's cool. Let's go with that. Mm-hmm. That is officially canon now. That's officially canon. Yeah, no, uh, I have a really hard time. Like my brain, and this is going back to like fan entitlement shit. Mm-hmm. 
a little bit. Not even really fan entitlement, just preconceptions. Uh, yeah, it is really hard for me to like overwrite that part of my brain that says Zach killed Richard. Zach, like I, or he killed Jason Todd. Like my brain was, no, no, it was, it was Dick. It was Dick. Stop <laughs> thinking it was Jason Todd. Dave, you're an idiot. Yeah, I get that. I mean, because in, you know, in my head and in my soul, I'm our like, entire Jason lifetime died. almost, it's been Jason Todd. Jason Todd died. Jason Todd died. Yeah. Joker killed Jason Todd. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you chose differently on the recent DVD. Yeah. So what year was that though? It was like 80. I want to say it was 86. Just top of my head. See, my first guess. I, I do think it was 86. So that's literally been the, the like our cognitive lifetimes. We'll call it that. Since the moment yeah. we could conceive of the letters that would form the idea of Batman. Jason Todd has been one dead motherfucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much. And so. you know, Dick's still going. I mean, they, in the books, they toyed with that for a second here recently to, Oh, too much, uh, what's the word I want here? Um, I want to say consternation. Too many arguments. Um, mm-hmm. It was a divisive <laughs> decision. Talk about Rick Grayson? I am. I don't like Rick Grayson. Old memorialist dick. I, and, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily opposed to it. I'm not against it, mm-hmm. necessarily. Uh, I, th- I feel like if there is, if we're doing like an alternate universe tale or something, but I get super aggravated it's a thing. It's, it's it's been a thing since I was a kid. Um, I get really aggravated when they do any kind of story. It's just like we know that they're going to bring him back, mm-hmm. but for now, here's a long, drawn out piece of crap story about how he's a different guy for a minute, and it, it's it feels so disingenuous. I do get that. You have to you have to buy it as part of the premise of com- comics in general, mm-hmm. but I do get also that when it gets too specific, it it gets frustrating, like frustrating in a way. Yeah, it's it's just it's just a weird thing, and but you know, no, it's been, I always like it's been pretty well appropriated as canon for the most part. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know the fine points of Rick Nightwing was an Amapolis, but um, the issue where the, the you know the gunshot happened was part of the Batman storyline. So, or uh, the Batman series. No, you know, maybe I was maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe it was like a Nightwing issue that leaked over. But anyway, um, that was a fun moment. I mean, it was actually a really good issue. It had this. Uh, I thought it was a fun issue because it was a really nice like walk down memory lane of uh, their relationship and it did lead to a really satisfying beatdown of kg beast later mm-hmm. i mean bruce just bruce leaves him it's it's that line about like um you know this is a uh what does he say like um this is the opera my operating table and i'm the surgeon yeah that's i think from the uh Returns. animated series animated series uh dark knight returns segment the legends of the dark knight yeah episode uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure if he they actually i don't think he actually says it in the book right but he, he he leaves the guy like so close to death that bruce is certain he will survive but that but that it will be absolutely agonizing and it was actually really fun to watch mm-hmm. made for a fun couple issues made for a fun uh, segment but they have fully incorporated it now Dick's back, baby, but he's yeah. his memory's still a bit fuzzy. And oh, while we're having this conversation, I just totally thought like, oh man, wouldn't it be cool? They're doing all these dark Batman, and we've got the Robin King. Wouldn't it be great if one of the dark multiverse Batman? <laughs> there was a bit where Batman had like basically taken over the Earth and was a king, 
and then Nightwing murdered him and calls himself the Night King. Mm-hmm. That would just be badass. Yeah, I can live with that. <laughs> like the only thing stopping it is that in almost every version of the the Metal Batman series, mm-hmm. uh, dude, Batman wins. He just constantly wins. Like it's the it's the major takeaway of the the Batman who laughs and you know now what is Darkest Night is not going to give. This shouldn't be a spoiler exactly if you're not reading, but um, more like a theme that they're hitting is that like when you take everything away and all Bruce Wayne wants to do is win, it's frightening mm-hmm. because all they did was take away everything other than his drive to win and then just kind of give him uh, in some versions. It's, you know, the the powers of this or that or whoever. In other versions, it's just it's just him. And, uh, you know, what if the small change in the timeline happened? And I mean, one of the recent ones was like uh, the mine hunter. Uh, yeah. Oh, just oh fuck well i can i can make that work i can make that work you could say that you know well number one dick has been batman and at times mm-hmm. and but a great one two yeah and a great one but two there could be like a storyline where uh the way they could do it would be the great tragedy of night king is that bruce's greatest victory was making him making dick turn become like him mm. mm-hmm. just just like no, it, they no. do it in the titans yep that actually, and thematically, that would match a few things that have shown up in the Metal series. So, yeah, you could totally sell that to me. Yeah. So, I, I would be know. completely into this idea. I'm rooting for you. Get in touch with Scott Snyder. <laughs> you guys. Well, <laughs> tag in, Scott Snyder. For, <laughs> retweet this, this episode and, and tag uh, Scott. I'm really fuzzy on this. Maybe somebody can help me out. It was in one of the uh, the big... Maybe it was like Detective 1027, or it was it was in one of the big oversized issues. Um, the whole the whole lesson of the one of the mini stories in it was um, basically that it, I think it was like the birthday gift or something. But the whole lesson was that Dick doesn't need him anymore, and he's like, no, that's that that was the whole plan. He doesn't need me, and that, that that's all I could have asked for. I won't be here forever. Mm-hmm. Ah, wish my memory is more specific on that. Yeah, me too. You know. This all right. It would have been in like probably, uh, I want to say 1027. I really do want to say 1027, but I'm staring at it now. It's, it's, it's on the wall. I'm just not pulling it down for this. That's fair. It's not going to happen right now. Um, that That is our news. Aside from the fact that DC Comics today named uh, Marie Javins as uh, the new editor-in-chief. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they... <laughs> She's going to be co-editor-in-chief alongside Michelle R. Wells. And uh, uh, it was announced by uh, Daniel Cherry III, Senior Vice President and General Manager of DC Comics. Uh, They said Marie intrinsically understands the power of comics and their unique ability to entertain and empower, which makes her a perfect choice to be DC's next editor-in-chief. In addition to her many creative talents, she's also incredibly committed to increasing access to this amazing industry by mentoring the next generation of comic book creators and helping them find their voices. I look forward to working with her in her new role. And they say here she will be responsible for developing and overseeing the execution of the company's annual publishing schedule to grow all DC imprints. She'll also lead the strategy for expanding worldwide consumer reach of DC publishing content and provide editorial and creative direction for DC imprints. Uh, Working closely with Cherry and Jim Lee, DC Comics publisher and chief creative officer, she'll help define positioning, character narratives, and prioritization creative talent selection and brand attributes of each imprint and develop publishing plans with lead editors. Um, now she, she does, you know, say that you're the standard thing. She was little, she read Wonder Woman and newbie and Supergirl and 
ever thought she'd do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, this is the part that I found interesting. Um, I never disbelieve that, by the way. Like, no, a lot of people read these things and never think you're going to be there. It's just <laughs> right. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, I just find it boring. <laughs> it, it is just like part of that kind of press release, though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she says that she wants to tell innovative visual stories that both reflect and expand our world. And in some cases, our galaxy and multiverse, like that feels like a very pointed, uh, what am I looking for? What, what, what phrase am I looking for? That's a, that's a, that's a very pointed messaging that they continue to have in <laughs> Dick, um, <laughs> in, in the DC brand. <laughs> I wasn't there till you got there. I'm actually uh-huh. rooting you on here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure, Dick. So, um, and I thought this was cool. Uh, she has served as DC's executive editor of uh, global publishing and digital strategy. That's important. Yeah, yeah, I caught that too. We know where that's going. We know where she's going here. Yep. Um, where she edited Justice League, DC Superhero Girls, Superman Smashes the Clan, Harley Quinn Breaking Glass, Dark Knight's Death Metal. So that those are pretty. She also did that Snagglepuss comic, but <laughs> those it's a wide heard, range of things. I heard good things from people who who cared. I wasn't one of them, but that that wasn't in my childhood. So I mean, I took it out because it's not DC necessarily. Not really. It's Hanna Barbera and they Warner Brothers they cross over shit. here and there, but um, but yeah, uh, anyway. the digital part is um, you know, I, it, it's been signaled several times. So I. I you know, signaled they have taken their dick out and is tattooed on the side there's been a warning shot over the bow <laughs> that crashed into the bow and a little pop-up like joker-esque or wily cody mm-hmm. style pop-up came out of the top and said you know what's coming right uh yeah like i i, I do hate to admit this but i think like the monthly prints are, are you know we've said it a few times i think it's a matter of time yeah i mean if i was in charge of it i would probably try to push it towards that way, push it towards just getting rid of the, uh, the monthly books, except for probably action and detective. Yeah. It may just get winnowed down to a, such a specific set. Um, and I mean, then yeah, when they're still making paperbacks. or even black label right now is still, uh, usually selling pretty well and they have a pretty high price point on them. So I, I think they're over overall on black label. I think they're actually making their money on print, which is fine. Like when it's making yeah. money, it's making money. It's great. Yeah. But, you know, the, the, the average... Get premium format books, yeah. That'll work. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, yeah, the average, the average, uh, you know, 24 pages or whatever with uh, monthly or bi-monthly is... it. I will miss it. I really will. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and keep everything on my list as long as it stays there. But, it, yeah, it may, re- it may be a limited period of time. And it's not going to be her fault if that's how this happens. It's just where things are going. And she apparently has some aptitude about how to make that happen successfully. I can't imagine she'll do a worse job than Didio. I, he's one of those where, like, it seems like for the for like uh, the first couple of years, it was it was really doing a thing, and and I think sales went up, and there was a lot of hype, and then it just it really went the other way on him. Yeah, well, we're we're gonna start getting some good creators back who just couldn't stand a deal like Mark Wade. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's gonna be plenty. But there's people now that like Scott Snyder, okay, occasionally has said something where you're like, yeah, I don't think he liked Adito. He's never said it outright, but he said stuff that's very close. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, yeah, and he's one of the big heavy hitters right now. Um, but yeah, what, from what I can tell, all of all of the creators that I follow, all the writers that I follow, 
uh, and ones that I don't because I looked around a little bit. They're all very excited about her. There's, It's apparently it, in, you know, I have no reason to think there's some like conspiracy here or anything. The people mm-hmm. who have worked with her seem to be very excited about her and I'm, I'm just going to roll with it. Yeah. They should know more than I do. I'm I'm excited to see where where DC Comics goes. Like uh, it's been a drastic change in leadership over there. Yeah, and I'm very interested to see. Like, and I'm hearing you know word around the 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 mill here is that mm-hmm. they're going to be pushing more towards individual stories from celebrated creators instead of just like cranking out the old monthly ho hum. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> which is and fine. like trying to, I mean, and not really doing like a, a, a central universe so much as a, hey, just write your story and it'll fit where we can. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. That's something you and I talked about years ago yeah. that we would do if we were in charge, where we would just be like, look, make your thing. Don't worry about it. You can grab from anywhere in the universe. There is an infinite multiverse according to our storylines. So just play. And if we do like a big event, we'll do a big event and see, see what fits. Yeah. Um, I think that's very much on board with what they're going to attempt here. Like, so, and I, I, I think the seeds have been planted for a while. And I say that because even in Canon, they've kind of introduced, uh, um, have you seen the Omniverse term being thrown around? Uh, yeah. Um, it's the multiverse multiverse like mm-hmm. there that that there's even a recorder uh that even the multiverses are just subject to the omniverse mm-hmm. they are literally creating an in-canon explanation for being able to do whatever they want and it's on paper it all fits yep i mean that and letting the creators kind of do what they're good at is i mean just good business as far as making a good story i'm down man yeah i'm not hating on it I think there's still going to be events. I mean, clearly they are. Like, they've got Future State and, uh, you know, some Endless Winter and some other stuff planned right you now. You know, Future State is, I think, a it's, a it's an interim thing where they were just salvaging what they had floating around from the Dio's bullshit. They're, a little bit. I think they're going to make is, use of it, but it is going to be a company-wide thing for a minute. There will still be company-wide, yeah. you know, directives and plans and ideas. Like, I, there will still be events. Yes, I agree with that. But it won't be, like you said, some of the ho-humness of the monthlies is just depending on the writer and how, you know, where everything's going. Like sometimes stuff's hot or cold, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe we can get a little more hot if we just kind of let people go a little bit crazy creatively and, you know, take the chains off a little here and there. And then when there's a good, hot, you know, big event idea, tie it in. Yeah. Here, here's what I think is really smart about it, though, is you can really easily distribute like create and distribute uh age appropriate material oh for sure yeah without having to worry about it like fitting in somewhere into canon like yeah there here's a thing for for young adults here's a thing for kids here's a thing for you know us 40 year olds who want to i don't know watch jason todd blow spice brains out what (laughs) (laughs) why did that come to mind immediately i look down and i've got a Jason Todd's figure on my desk. He's holding a machine gun and <laughs> and, and probably killing some people because you know that's <laughs> what he does. Oh no, he, I've actually got him because I like both heads. He came with two heads. He came with uh, Jason Todd head. 
that's got the mask mm-hmm. and then he's got the uh he's got the red hood helmet mm-hmm. and he's holding I've got him like posed where he's holding the helmet up like uh you know a last poor Yorick, you know. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Very good. Uh yeah, man. So you want to you want to hit a break and then we'll come back and do some uh, listener questions? Yeah. Sure. Cool. Awesome. We'll be right, right back. Yeah, right, we're back. Did you guys enjoy hearing Flo talk about insurance? I don't know what the hell happened. Probably more mattresses. <laughs> I don't know what our <laughs> I don't know what our ads are. I don't know. And they change, honestly. Like they're dynamic <laughs> they ad pulls, so you could listen to it twice and find four different fucking ads. It's I know we used to have one that was like <laughs> they, they just kept playing that cake by the ocean song and it was something I don't even know what it was about. I just remember being annoyed by the song. <laughs> I get that. All right, so I threw out the question, uh, or I th- <laughs> threw out the invitation for listeners to uh, send us their questions because I knew it was going to be kind of a light week. Mm-hmm. Threw down the gauntlet. Yeah. Threw down yon gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Slapped thine left cheek with my glove. It was it was mine right cheek. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised I got that far. If it was accurate, frankly. Does seem to be the right cheek though. You go like across. You you do the the mm-hmm. backhand, right? And most I people mean, are right-handed. So oh no, I slap my own ass. So yeah, with my right hand, I slap my own ass. Oh okay. Yeah, I I do that. I don't know why. Yep. Good luck to us all there then. <laughs> Jay Scotty St. Clair uh, over on Twitter. A, these are all on Twitter. So let me just say that. <laughs> Says with the, the one multi- place we'll be visiting. Yep, with the multiverse being all the rage these days, would you be open to live-action heroes interacting with ones from DC's animated properties a la Who Framed Roger Rabbit? If so, which live-action and animated versions of your favorite characters would be most fun to pit together? Uh, absolutely. I've often wondered... Sounds fantastic. Within the multiverse, do the the if if we're dealing with like you know a live action situation if they go to the batman the animated series universe does it look like live action or does it look like the animated series yeah funnily now, enough i think a lot of the animated series if you did live action would actually look a little bit like 66 because those streets are often very sparse mm-hmm. unless they do a big pullout shot and then they just draw on a bunch of like headlights or something but still it, it wasn't highly trafficked i mean neither was burton's Oh, I know. And there's a reason because that shit's expensive. Yes, it is. It's funny about like uh, the 89 Batman because I just watched a big segment of it. Yeah. Uh, not yesterday. The other day mm-hmm. was like, there's like no one in the streets as they're having these like cha- the Joker's goons are chasing after Batman right. and Vicky Vale in the Batmobile, except for when they like suddenly need like the goons to crash. Oh yeah. Like it's like, there's nothing, nothing, nothing. Batman runs a corner and then like the goons try to come after him. And then this like, 25 lettuce trucks. <laughs> yeah. Like, and <laughs> Always a damn lettuce truck. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll no, tell you why. Insurance purposes. That's probably why. Probably. Also, I think it was a, it was a closed set. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty uh, sure that. But I thought that whole thing was soundstaged. Yeah. I think it was. I think it was. I think all the streets were. Yeah. Um, now, here's a question that I have, though. Mm-hmm. Because in my head, because I, I, I need... Uh, aesthetic aesthetic continuity so there would they would have to explain why 
the lines of their universe got cleaner between Batman the Animated Series and the new Batman Adventures. Mm-hmm. Why they became more angular. Um, <laughs> okay. This is the kind of shit that like bugs Matt on Star Trek Universe podcast. I'm like, mm, nope, that Enterprise don't look right. It's not the same. <laughs> mm-hmm. Different universe. Um, or time travel. Something. Mm-hmm. So I have to go like either represent it to me as live action or give me an explanation, I guess. I don't know. Or, or we, or we could say that finally say that, uh, those Batman animated series and the new Batman adventures, new adventures of Batman, whatever the hell it was called. Uh, I always think I of it, it as Gotham Knights. I thought it was the new adventures. I thought it was Batman and the new adventures. Oof. Oh, I saw this. In like, <laughs> give me about four seconds. Yeah. <sighs> Was it, was it Batman the Adventure Continues? No. Or is that... That's... That, that is the name of the comic that they are doing right now. Okay. Uh, oh, the new Adventure. Yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah. So, and you know, in the Wizard Magazine where they where they announced it, they called it Batman Gotham Knights. So in my heart, that's what I always called it. And mm-hmm. then, like, when it aired, it wasn't called New Adventures of Batman or Gotham Knights. It was called the Batman Superman Hour or whatever it was. So I was just like... <laughs> and now when it's packaged on DVD, it's Batman the animated series volume four. Yeah. So what, what have you, who cares? Uh, I have a random DVD that's like Batman Superman and it's just a couple episodes where they vaguely crossed over. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's not even, it, not even like particularly good branding. It's just, they threw all the names on the case and said, here's three episodes. Great. That sounds right. All right. So, uh, yeah, I'd be, I would be open to it. I'd be very open to it. Jay Scotty. I'm in. Um, Matthew Salvatore mm-hmm. says, how would you like Leto's Joker included into Zack's Justice League? Anywhere they want to put him. Wherever Zack wants him, I will take him. Also, I'm I, I'm pretty sure that's going to be a part of the equation. What What do you mean? I mean, I would assume that it would be however, ja- uh, however Jack, however Zack wanted him to be included. <laughs> I mean, uh, as... I, all right, so I, I think one of the things we know is that there will be some form of Lido showing up in uh, four hours, right? Uh-huh. So the question is only like, where would we like that to be? And, and you know, in what context kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, my, uh, there's a lot of things that could be fun. Um, I think it'd be a lot of fun to see, you know, given all we talked about earlier, the, you know, the ruination of uh, a Robin would be kind of fun. But yes, uh, if there was just a, a sidebar of the formation of, you know, an Injustice League or a Legion of Doom or whatever you want to call it at the time. Mm. Um, that, that, yeah, that might be my favorite go-to here. I'll, I'll admit the first thing I thought of would be nightmare sequence. Oh gosh, what if Batman has to team up with Joker, this dude who's, who killed Dick Grayson? What if he has to team up with him to stop Superman in the nightmare timeline or something, you know? Yeah, it's not bad. But I don't think that's necessarily what's going to happen because based on what Zach has said before, Time travel is going to be the the end of the nightmare timeline where Batman tells Cyborg, or no, it's Cyborg, which one would you send Barry back to? Okay, do the other one. Yeah. Because that one didn't work. Now, if I can, if I can help expound, uh, well, this would be kind of fun for me. And they've done a little bit of it. Um, yeah, they really have done a lot of that, actually, in the Snyder version of things to some extent. But the idea that, uh, somebody like Darkseid's on the way and Batman mm-hmm. has to resort to asking someone like Joker, like, what would you do? 
and him just kind of laughingly being like, well, I would do this. And that turning out to be right because, you know, he's fucking chaos embodied. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it is a fun moment to think about. Just the idea that he has to actually turn to that kind of chaos and be like, I don't even know how to conceive of this. Uh, I mean, what what should I prepare for? And uh, I, I like the idea of Leto just laughing and just being like, oh, my God, you don't even have – you have no idea. Um, you're not even close to prepared for this. What I would do is this, 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 and this. And just like the idea of Ben Affleck looking at him and just like mouth slightly agape being like, you know what, you're right. I didn't think of any of that. You evil yeah, bastard. No, I got to go back to the be- lab. If they have to do, if he would have to, if he had to team up with Lara, uh, bleh, Lara Jetto, Lara Jetto, with with Jared Leto's Joker, as he's if he had to team known. up with him in the Nightmare timeline mm-hmm. to, you know, accomplish some goal so that they can accomplish the time travel. I think it'd be really cool if he accomplished the goal, and as soon as they accomplished it, he killed Leto's Joker, mm-hmm. and like Leto's Joker just like died laughing because he he got his way and batman killed him also good uh if and if we're dealing with time travel and especially a flash you have to deal with uh potentially not not at all hinted at uh, i'm just saying if we're dreaming here um if you're again just consulting using him as, as a, a, a consultant um hey what would you do if you were in this position you know what would you do if you were the reverse flash uh because you know thematically batman's joker's kind of a reverse batman just giving him that playbook on reverse flash and, and letting that even lead into flashpoint. Um, like what would you do if you had all these powers and were evil? Oh no, I have a whole game plan for that. Mm-hmm. What would you do for your speedster flash? <laughs> oh, I'd kill him this way. You know? Yeah. I like to think that Joker just ponders these kinds of considerations occasionally just because it makes me happy. <laughs> what would you do if you had Aquaman's powers? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Joker. Mm-hmm. I, I ponder these things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Stu Little asks, uh, what do you think Alan Scott being a gay man, a gay man means for Jade and Obsidian's place in continuity? I don't necessarily think it means anything. Yeah. Because, I mean, you look at a show like Doom Patrol, uh, uh, Negative Man has kids. Yeah. And he just, especially if they do the thing that they've been talking about or that the rumors suggest, um, again, I don't know how legitimate those rumors are, but if they're doing like Alan Scott's in the 1940s. Yeah. Um, yeah, he might have a wife. Yeah. He might have some kids like, you know. No, I mean, uh, it, like being gay does not uh, preclude offspring. I mean, <laughs> it it's uh, it's. It's a let's put it this way. It's a crazy spectrum, and um, everyone's made some decisions that they later thought were not necessarily indicative of who they were completely. Mm-hmm. Now you can say that's a one night stand and and flavor it that way if you want to all day. But yeah, man, I, like being a gay guy doesn't mean you don't have like a woman you slept with for what like a couple days and added a, a child with. It's right. Not <laughs> that that's not exclusive. And I would be really interested to see how they would work in uh rosenthorn his the, the mother uh in into into this equation like yeah. does him is he a closeted gay man i would assume if he was in the 40s yes he would be like does that play a role in her uh eventual psychotic break like you know the uh the what is it a uh, graphic audio that i've referenced i don't know how many times at this point mm-hmm. uh series of series of them called sleepers which I don't know what they're based on. Um, 
I, I, I can't remember the author at this point. I'm sure it's based on an author. I don't think they did many that were not based on somebody's actual writing. But in that, he's just like, he just had a relationship. And at some point, that just wasn't who he was anymore. So mm-hmm. yeah, he had a child as a result of it, but that ultimately wasn't him. So that was all there really is to it. Yeah. She's still there and he's still gay. That's all. That, I mean. Right. I'm just saying that, yeah, there's, there's leeway. There's plenty of leeway for, for Jade and Obsidian to show up if they need them to. Yeah. Um, it might even be the most interesting thing they could, they could really do. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. It's by no means an exclusive, uh, problem. I call it or an invalidating yep. problem. Uh, Eli Hernandez asks, what villains do you want to see in the new Green Lantern series? HBO Max has just green lighted. No pun intended. Well, first of all, I don't believe you. I think the pun was was intended. (laughs) (laughs) We've all been avoiding it for some time and we've all been falling prey from time to time. (laughs) Um, I I just want to see the Red Lanterns. I want to see I want to see all the the different spectrums. Oh, the whole spectrum. Yeah. I want to see the spectrums. I want to see Kanjar Rowe. Um, Mongol, I'll, I'll, I'll take anybody. I'll, I will. I'm, I'll, I'll take anybody. I know that's a cop out answer, but I don't feel like there's, um, if there's one person I don't care about seeing, it's probably Hector Hammond. That's fair. I feel like I've had enough Hector Hammond based just from the Ryan Reynolds movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I'm good on Hector. I mean, I it's, think I'm good on Hector. It's still doable, but yeah, there's plenty to explore in the Green Lantern core that don't. I mean, you can you can dive into the spectrum. You can, I mean, fuck, you can dive into the Black Lanterns. You can mm-hmm. you can go crazy with this thing if you want to. Yeah, you really could. You really could. Short of that, something I want to see that's not a villain is I, I want to see you know Mogu. Yeah, just Mogu. Yeah. Mogu. Sorry, Mogu's the pillow you put behind your neck. Um, <laughs> God, that's that's like what's that? Twenty years ago? Anyway, I I don't know, man. Yeah, I wouldn't I mind. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Mogu at all, though. But yeah, the, uh, especially if I had to pick a shade, uh, yellow, red, and orange. Okay. What is that? Fear, anger, and avarice? Is that yeah. right? Okay. I, I want to see all of them. I want to season this nothing but spectrum war. <laughs> Don't blame me. <laughs> Whole freaking ultraviolet spectrum now to play with if you really want to. Yeah. Uh, low key in 83 talks to us, says, uh, what are your thoughts on the rumor that John Boyega wants to play a big screen Jason Todd? Well, I don't know how much of a rumor it is. Uh, you know, someone asked him if he, or someone said they wanted him to play Static Shock. He said, no, I'm too old for that. And then someone said, uh, no, you got to play John Stewart. And he was like, well, damn, I can't play Red Hood. <laughs> so, I mean, evidently it's on his mind. I kind of like that he knows the reference, to be honest. Well, yeah. I, I, I mean, he's I, in there for it. I don't mind. I wouldn't mind him playing Red Hood. Uh, the only thing that I would mind is I'd feel bad for the guy because, you know, to go from the toxic shit show that is the Star Wars fan base. Ah, I see where you're going. That's fair. Directly into the toxic <laughs> shit in. show that is the DC Comics fan base. Yeah, that would be and then something. To be, and then to be, not that I'm against it, but then to be portraying a black version of a traditionally white character After. and DC fans do have their issues with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see where you're, I see where you're going. It's biting off a lot. Uh, I'd feel bad for the guy, honestly. Although I think he has the backbone for it. Oh, he has the backbone for it for sure. And I, yeah, I would, I would, I'd be 
just fine. Look, in the actually, comics, that's a good Jason- point. If given all you just said, it's something that I would be like, okay, John, <clears throat> we like you for this role. I just want you to know what you're up against mm-hmm. because this, 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 and this are going to happen. And I just want you to know that beforehand. And I think he would kind of look at you and be like, tell me something I don't know, man. Just sign me the fuck up. Yeah, like that would be fine. Uh, is as long as he understood what was going to, what was I'm sure he does. I'm sure he knows. Oh yeah, but I would, I, I would I still feel bad. He's for not him. savvy about that, that, like fan entitlement issue. No, but you know, here's here's the thing though. Even in the comics, when Jason Todd premiered, he was a ginger dude. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, man. Yeah, and then they couldn't so even decide whether he was Bat Family now. Yeah, and they couldn't decide whether he was blonde or if he was like redheaded or, and then all of a sudden he was just a dick clone, man. Aesthetically, he just looked like Dick. Yeah. And that's where they that's where they landed. And now they can't seem to decide whether or not he's got the stripe in his hair or they kind of keep going back to hush. And I'm like, I don't think that that wasn't that wasn't him, though. That was <laughs> Clayface pretending to be him. Yeah, but that's what they remember. It's what I remember. And I'm drawing him and I've got four hours to get out eight hours worth of drawing. So whatever. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Jay, my point is Jason Todd's had a lot of different looks. Uh, he has shifted quite a bit from time to time. And it wouldn't bother me. You know, it's a multiverse. Who the shit cares? Yeah. Uh, I think John Boyega is a great actor. Yeah. Uh, he, he did a really great job in Star Wars. I didn't have any kind of problem with him. I don't know why people were so upset. I, I, I just don't. So Another thing to your point is, like, we're talking about somebody who has openly spoken out about how his role was diminished in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And then to go into a property where your role is, like, actively diminished as, like, again, we but 35 year old canon on our part Mm -hmm. um that does seem like a man i mean if he took it on knowing all that and i think he would know all that i'd have to have a lot of respect for him because there's there's no way the internet's not going to be mad about it or a portion of it (laughs) segments of it yeah 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 no i mean i'm all for it hell i'd just be impressed he was willing to like tow the load and fucking do it and also yeah he could do it yeah he could do it for sure i mean I, he could play Red Hood. I don't. I don't see him playing like a young Robin or anything. <laughs> this is one of those he's too old things. There, yeah, there's there's gonna be an age thing there. And then are we talking about? Is he with like Batfleck? Is was this like a little interim thing that happened? We're like, eh, what happened? What happened? Yeah, but even like this. This all right? So you know, if, what I'm did, saying if it was Batfleck, Stroll, like, and even like, in the Bat it, family nowadays, you know, he mm-hmm. Jason Todd is still he's still like the one who really did piss Bruce off. Like, yeah, like Dick is still there. Like you said, uh, like we said before, he's still Batman. Occasionally, uh, Tim Drake has always been, you know, pretty in line with the, the Bruce Wayne values of how to be a bat. And, you know, there, there are a lot of people that are pretty much uh, very much on the core values of the bat family. Mm-hmm. And Jason Todd is uh, a giant middle finger in some ways to a lot of that. Like he, he appreciates the training, but, Go fuck yourself. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it this way, and I'm gonna yeah. end people, and that's just that's my choice. Which there, it would be interesting if they made it Snyderverse, and they said, okay, this was Batfleck's second Robin. Oh, you know, it'd you be could, fun. Maybe you're going for that. Go for ahead. me to complete a sentence. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, to really showcase, like that's you know, no wonder Batman's out here killing folk and being crazy. Like he lost, he lost Dick and, you know, in like the, the new bat or the new adventures or the adventures continue, whatever it is, yeah. comic they're doing now. That's how they did it. There is they, they said, oh yeah, he was the second Robin and dude, they, like Bruce never had a body. Like he just, like, he kind of went rogue and then 
now he showed up again. He's now Red Hood. So, like, if they did that, we're just like, we do, like, a flashback and we see, like, oh, here's, you know, a Batfleck movie or something. And it's like, not only did he lose Richard, but, like, he thought he, he lost his second Robin. And then that bastard came back to haunt him. That might be really interesting to do. Yeah. That's I mean, what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, the That and the, the idea of the increasing violence um, that both uh, Batman would uh, like Batman's increased kind of uh, not even vengeance so much as just the like the absolute anger of having lost somebody he cared about uh, that kind of like that unstoppable uh, anger. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then just like the new Robin kind of taking on the man a little bit and just being like, you know what? No, that guy got killed. I'm going to try some new shit, but I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull out some guns, man. I'm not going yeah. down like that. Yeah. I can deal with that. Anyway, uh, Travis Hines sent us a, a link to a YouTube video mm-hmm. and, uh, wanted us to answer these questions. He said, I need you to answer both questions. And, um, it is a clip from the monorail episode of the Simpsons. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think it's Ralph Wiggum asks if uh, the monorail can beat the Flash. So, no, the monorail can't beat the Flash. (laughs) And then another uh, unnamed child asks, can Superman beat the Flash? No. No. (laughs) When he did, that was for charity. (laughs) Answer to both is no. As has been established. Absolutely. (laughs) I love that monorail episode. It's good. I forgot about that gag. That, That was also good. That episode was written by Conan O'Brien. Mm-hmm. That was uh, so good. Some of his most memorable work on that one. Written by Conan, guest starring Phil Hartman. Uh, How do you beat that? Uh, you don't. You just don't. And also, Leonard Nimoy was in that episode. Uh, that's just, that's fantastic, too. Bastard beams away. <laughs> fantastic. They even brought uh, up the, like, the speed discrepancy in uh, Deceased in the first, you know, the first, like, issues of Deceased before it was mm-hmm. what is now our franchise. And uh, one of the problems was like Flash gets infected before Superman does. And Superman realizes he can't actually catch him. He's going to have to run the other way. So he just runs the other way around the world. And uh, he does, he does, you know, destroy him. In fact, he pulverizes him. But at that speed, it, it actually like some of Flash's, it's, it's, it, it's a rib. It looks like, but um, yeah, at that speed, it actually manages to uh, penetrate Superman's skin. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get zombie Superman. Of course. Which is which is how that series <laughs> originally was going to end, I guess, before the whole franchise got developed. Because, dear God, <laughs> zombie Superman is not pretty. Well, no. But yeah, even in even in that version of things, like, you know, he, he couldn't catch him. He couldn't just stop him. He, he wished he could have because it was his friend after all, but he, he couldn't. Yeah. Uh, Henry Cooper mm-hmm. wants us to rank every season of Arrow from worst to best. Oh, wow. I, mm, I need so much prep time. <laughs> I don't know that I need that much. Mm. Worst to best. We've got eight seasons until Amel starts doing another one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, I'm going to say season six is the worst. I can live with that. Uh, Although I like some of the characters that came well, out of yeah, it. Yeah. I like some of the characters, period, throughout all of it. But yeah, season six came right. Came season, season six tried to be season five and just failed miserably. Mm-hmm. Um. Then for me, I think it's probably season two next. I did not like season two very much. No, you know what? I'm going to go. I think three. Yeah. I'm going to go season six, season two, season four, season three, season one. Uh, no, no, no. Sorry. Um, I'm going to put. 
Yeah, I'm gonna have to write this down as I do it. I'm <laughs> I'm losing track. I'm losing track. All right, let's let's figure this out. Really, for real, let's do this. All uh, right. So six. See one, two, three. So sounds like you have like a whiteboard you're wor- you're working with. It's it's literally a pen and a piece of paper on my desk. Ah, okay. Not a bouncing. I don't know what you're hearing, man. I just heard a thump, 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 thump. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. All right, so. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've got my I've got my ranking. Uh, f- yeah, from Shoot. worst to best, it is number uh, season six, season two, season four, season three, season eight, season one, season seven, and my favorite is season five. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm not hating on that. Um. All right, rough take. I'm gonna go with. Um, <laughs> God, uh, worst four. Hmm. Hmm. No. All right. Give me give me a second to gather my thoughts more. Sorry. You're good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. After um, brief and probably uh, not enough consideration. <laughs> In order, I'm going to go with six, two, five, three, four, one, seven, eight. Wow. Okay. Well, there you have it, Henry. Sure, there's a lot to consider. <laughs> Follow-up questions can be sent too, given the uh, <laughs> given the considerations that we're uh, we're taking in. Yeah, like this could be an entire episode of our show. Oh yeah, so, just like, just justifying yeah. either of those figures. Yeah, yeah, because there's a whole bunch of people like, how could you say that number two was so bad? Yeah, I hated season two. I'm sorry. Yeah, I got so tired of that Mirakuru bullshit. That was a problem for me. <laughs> I just didn't like it, man. That was a problem for me. Uh, Brian Boulay asks, if you could green light a DC HBO Max series or movie, what would you choose? I'm thinking either a Super Suns or Blue and Gold series. Blue and Gold. Batfleck, Batfleck Batman. Yeah. Oh, Bat- um, okay. All right. Yeah. If I all. Mm, uh, okay. Yes. That. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if I'm really just dreaming. Yeah. Man is still two as an entire season. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. If I'm thinking about stuff that might actually get on television, blue and gold. That, mm-hmm. That'd be pretty great. Hell, I think you could just do a lot of good with just blue. Yeah. Like just Ted Cord, like just working on, <laughs> just working on his tech and fighting crime would mm-hmm. still be something. <laughs> That's not a terrible idea. <laughs> no, there's just a lot of fun you could have there. No, no, no. I'm not saying your idea was terrible. I just said I had a terrible idea. Oh, what'd you do? Um, a prequel to Wonder Woman. A prequel mm. to Wonder Woman from before Steve Trevor shows up to the island. Uh, <laughs> called Wonder Woman: The Love Before, nice. an adult series exploring the. <laughs> the I feel like you don't have to finish that sentence. We already yeah. kind of kind of get where that's going. <laughs> I'm not sure that's the branding HBO Max is going for it. Mm-mm. It's more of a Cinemax no. kind of situation after no. 11 p.m. <laughs> I'm just kidding anyway. Actually, just for funsies. Uh, this sounds really boring to me, honestly. I'm, I'm going to propose the most boring thing that I could think of. And uh, it's all just a bunch of like 
how-to videos. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you did like, what's the most boring thing you could think of making an entire series of with all these characters, even though they're uh, you know interesting in their own right, and it'd be like farming videos hosted by Wonder Woman or uh, you know mechanics videos hosted by Hal Jordan. I, oh my god! Mm-hmm. I, no, I'm I'm good, good, <laughs> good. Leadership conferences hosted by Bruce Wayne. <clears throat> no, I'm good. I'm out. Thank you though. Yeah. Bruce gives a TED talk. Yeah, Bruce gives a TED talk. Fuck that. Um, what what would you also call this though? The uh, the reporter's angle by Clark Kent. No, don't. I'm not listening to that TED talk either. I'm good. Or Chris, oh, actually, you know what? I'm, I've overlooked someone. The most boring possible thing. Um, differences in blood types by Barry Allen. Oh God. <laughs> that may be the worst possible one. Or the ACDC uh, Wars by <laughs> Cyborg. <laughs> like, no, good. <laughs> Just an infomercial selling anti-life insurance from Darkside. <laughs> that wouldn't be from, it'd be from Gottfried. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> you're right, you're right. He wouldn't right. dirty his hands. <laughs> I don't Counter, know. Just, uh, counterintelligence techniques by uh, Desaad. I just saw, you know, Dark Side and like a bad 80s blazer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those like Dan Ackwood glasses from Consumer Probe. Eight effective techniques for running a women's prep school by Granny. <laughs> granny goodness. Just affectionately known as Granny to our peoples. Yeah. So you want to start a library with Barbara Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Why well, we still need the Dewey Decimal System by Barbara Gordon. Oh, God. The Joys of Coding by Barbara Gordon. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. All her stuff's really boring on its, like, base level. Really oh, yeah. super fun when she, like, is being flashy about it. But, yeah, the nuts and bolts of what she does. Oh. Keeping your wills clean with Barbara Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> with Ford oh. by Bruce Wayne, former survivor. Oh, God. Uh, what else? Um, oh, eight, eight Tips to Cleaning Your Aquarium by uh, Aquaman. <laughs> <sighs> there's, a, there's, a whole, there's a whole series in there about how to clean from Alfred. Mm, dear God. Polishing, the, polishing the silver. Actually, those may be the most entertaining because he'd be so mad about why you're doing it wrong and have these like super intricate explanations of why this was like, you know, no, the the Turkish used to do this a certain way when they developed the the parts of the Bronze Age that still still resonate to this day. And that's why we have a certain way we clean this thing. Okay, great. Also pretty (laughs) cool, probably in a way. It's going to be like the the least watched masterclass, though, on the app. I want to see Jim Gordon's masterclass on uh, finagling taxpayer dollars to pay for the bat signal. Oh, that's pretty good. Oh, you know, I'm leaving out somebody else. Um, one of the uh, uh, oof, um, mm, top top four uh, now has to be odd numbers, right? For listicles, right? Uh, I mean, it doesn't have to be. It's just for some reason. Uh, for some reason, the best. It, it does better. It does um, better. People click on them more. Top seven misuses of metallurgy within uh industrial engineering uh, purposes john stewart hmm. okay it's gonna be a bit the weird part is gonna be like it it's next to an article it's like nine things you didn't know about flying test jets by hal jordan and yeah it's gonna the clicks are through the roof 
Mm-hmm. How to fix your AC unit by Victor Freeze. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a WikiHow article and <clears throat> like, oh, it's going to be one of those 21 minute videos with three useful things to say taking place over like 45 seconds. Yeah. It's going to be like really like straightforward, like common sense things. Yeah. 14 yeah, minutes like, of what are basically going to qualify as an un- unboxing video. Right. Like take the front of the, the unit off of the thing, blah, 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 blah. And then like the final step is steal the diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> no, like at 23 minutes and like 32 seconds or some bullshit, somebody like freezes the frame uh, and, and zooms in in the top right. And it's what looks like a glass framing. And there's like the bottom of a foot and you know, there's a, a circle and a conspiracy theory, which, you know, spoiler alerts would be right. Oh God, we've forgotten. Um, 11 tips to home gardening by poison Ivy. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Naturally. Kicking the habit with Bane. Yeah. Five things minds yeah. are doing wrong by the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> The three best money-making tips by Cobblepot. Yeah. Safety tips with Superman. You know, lift with your flight aura, not your back. <laughs> um. Deadlifts are deadlifts are bad. We know that. <laughs> what you want to do is you want to compress the earth under you instead of lifting up. That's better for your spine. Mm-hmm. Better to poke a hole in the freaking asphalt. Yep. Or uh, motivational speaking with Superman. Uh <laughs> Honian in on your inner Kryptonian. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> this is after the Bendis period, I assume. I haven't read the Bendis period. I wouldn't know. Oh, no. It's after the uh, uh, Clark Kent outing himself. Mm. <laughs> Five ways to your inner Kryptonian, Clark Kent. How Seven ways to be successfully ma- married to an alien by Lois Lane. <sighs> Sorry, I like that one. I like that one. Coming out of the crystal closet. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that is good. Sorry. <laughs> oh gosh let's move on mm-hmm. i think i think it's time mm-hmm. 11 ways to beat a dead horse <laughs> there should be like some sort of cult survivor uh ted talk series from jean paul valley when i left oh. the church of saint dumas the order of saint dumas yeah followed by a sequel relapsing into the <laughs> order of saint dumas. <laughs> finding your true passion Within the order of the Saint Dumas. Uh. Episode number three from jail. So I fell for Nexium. Oh God. My bad. It's just that it's just that Keith Rainier sounded so much like Saint Dumas. <laughs> he used to come to me in hallucinatory dreams. Dude, not tell me to build sex gauntlets. <laughs> <laughs> All of the images was barely phallic. I don't know. I fell for it. <laughs> I was deceived. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at its base it just promised me that a very smart man was telling me i could have sex a lot and it seemed like a good idea <laughs> also they blackmailed me what is it the jerry fowl thing i have sinned mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh chris balga over on uh on twitter well i already said it was on twitter i'm sorry mm-hmm. chris, chris balga says uh what characters would you like a DC character and or team to cross over with outside of DC and Marvel? For example, we have had Batman and TMNT or Star Trek and Green Lanterns. It can be outrageous or as serious as you want it to be. And what would be the pitch? Uh, Doctor Who all day. Ooh, really? Doctor Who? Yep. 
Who would be? Who would he be crossing over with? Just the entire universe. Uh, it, and which doctor? The most gratifying thing, you know, honestly, any uh, because they all kind of have the same energy to some extent. But um, just any of them, and if I was really just dreaming, I would say, you know, just full Justice League just shows up at the table of the Justice League mm-hmm. with a little speech about like, oh, you're only a legend on other planets. I can't believe it. Good to meet you, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And. Then actually what would be a lot of fun is it would be a Doctor Who versus Brainiac episode. Okay. That could be cool. It, that would seem like a very fitting villain for Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Um, my pitch or my, my idea is I tend to go small mm-hmm. with my ideas. Like I really like fun little character pieces. And my thought the as soon as I read the question was I want to see Constantine and Willoughby Kipling have a run in with Spike and Angel from the Buffyverse. Oh, that's pretty sweet too. Yeah. Because the whole thing would be like Spike would fall in perfectly with those two. Yeah. And Angel would just be pissed the yeah. entire time. Yeah. Like containing his soul, Angel would just be beside himself. Like, oh these oh these fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do you do again? Oh my God. That's gonna kill so many people. No, find another fucking way. <laughs> we know there's always a cost. Uh, fuck your cost, man. Find another way. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that made me think of it immediately is too is because you know Constantine always says magic always has a cost and friggin' Spike said that and what was it season five or six when they tried to bring Buffy's mom back from the yeah. dead yeah um, he says it later when he you know sacrifices himself I think or a version of it but yeah he knows that that's part of the whole thing yeah so plus there you know it's just blonde guys hanging around in dusters smoking I'm good with that I really am. <laughs> Um, also, I mean, Constantine's a lot of fun for a lot of reasons, but I also just don't mind any version that I, where anytime I see Constantine burst, what would be called like a universal monster, mm-hmm. like universal, the company, um, the, the classic monster set. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. I'm, I'm into that. Also just like the classic monsters myself. I mean, shit. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's a whole canon. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, also I, I had a secondary thought. And they mm-hmm. sort of already have already done it on a credit card commercial, but I would love to see Seinfeld and Superman. Oh yeah, I, I want to like see your com- best chance for this is in a uh, how it should have ended. Yeah, um, they they uh, seriously there was like a Super Bowl commercial I think, and it was like an animated version of Superman voiced by Patrick Warburton mm-hmm. hanging out and walking around, walking and talking with Jerry, and they had a very like fun like Seinfeld questioning things about Superman. Mm-hmm. Who, by and, the way, is a giant fucking fan. Yeah, Seinfeld's a huge fan of Superman, and uh, I would love to see a full like comedians and cars getting coffee, where it's just like, I, where it's like Jerry and like Henry Cavill as Superman, just somebody <laughs> in character. Yeah, 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 just I don't know whatever whatever Seinfeld would say. Yeah, that seems fun. So when you do this, you know what the hell happens if this actually happens? Yeah, I could get that. Um, so you're here from a parallel dimension. <laughs> you know, here you're a comic book. Yeah, I can get behind that. Uh, who's somebody that I think would be a lot of fun for this? Somebody f- fun. Like, somebody that would be just crazy because they're uh, kind of in between in a way would be like a version of Justice League Dark mm-hmm. uh, with the Underworld universe. Hmm. I do love the Underworld universe. It, it there, there are some... Like the films got progressively uh, more complicated, and uh, not so much in the what what you saw, but like they uh, production wise, it, it got convoluted, and it was 
it was weird, man. I, like some of the last couple films to borrow the phrase from Futurama escaped. So mm-hmm. it, it yeah. I would like to have seen that universe uh, do a little bit more here and there because I really I, I enjoyed the shit out of that. You know, the the Corvins, the hybrids, all the mythology with that. It was a lot of fun for me because, like mm-hmm. I said, I really do love the old like classic monster set. Yeah. So to see something like Justice League Dark or even a portion of it, like even just, uh, you know, a new version of like Man Bat with it and, you know, uh, Detective Chimp or hell, just just Swamp Thing uh, wandering in the universe. It'd be a lot of fun for me. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I don't even know what would happen exactly. I, I, I have no pitch for it other than I would like to see the characters in a room. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, you might hate me for this one. No. Batman Beyond. Okay. And The Fifth Element. Ooh, I don't hate you for that one. <laughs> it seems cool, right? Yeah, that could be a lot of fun. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I'm good. Or like Firefly running into the Legion of Superheroes at some point. Maybe so. I don't think it would. I mean, it'd have to be like a parallel dimension convergent situation, but yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking Most about of space these would shoot be... up versus <laughs> some of the other stuff. Yeah. I did think of Commandi the Last Boy and the Tenth Doctor. Mm. Okay. I so rarely think of Commandi the Last Boy because... I just well, there were open. a lot of animal people in Tenet's run. There were, there were. That's actually really true. That's a good point. <laughs> That's what made me think of it. It's just like you know, I oh, mean, yeah, he had a lot of animal people, didn't he? Now that you've said it, you're right. There were a lot of animal people. Um, some rhinos up front, and so on. There but, was a uh, you know uh, an old fashioned cat who didn't like the idea of lesbians. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was weird. That was a weird take on that. It made me laugh because he kept referring to those old ladies as sisters. And they're like, you know very well we're not sisters. We're lovers. He's like, oh, don't talk like that. I'm an old-fashioned cat. <laughs> I forget. Now that you've said it, I remember. Yeah, I was like. Um, An old-fashioned cat who's married to a human woman and they have a basket of kittens in the back of their car. I have so many, like, family members that fit for that I, <laughs> I think I'd repress that just a little bit. Yeah, I remember now. Mm-hmm. I get you. <laughs> oh gosh that part could be a lot of fun though I, I think that does it for me as far as the uh, crossovers oh you know I just thought though if they did a Commandi and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. that might work how? more giant animal people how? <laughs> yeah like you know Donnie makes some kind of machine and they wind up going into an alternate future where you know animal people were all over the place and maybe they didn't want to come back because Damn it, they actually feel like they can go out in public now. Mm, okay, I can get behind that. Okay, I can deal with that. Yeah. All right, no. I, you're right, I can deal with that. It's not. I'm not voting for it outright, <laughs> but I can deal with it. Well, that's good, man. That's good. You got to keep that mind open. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got to keep it uh, free and clear, ready to accept new ideas. I try to stay pliable. Mm-hmm. I think that was the name of one of those ill-fated bastards in Pilgrim's Progress. Old pliable. Old pliable. <laughs> yeah. The hell I you think there was <laughs> what? Poor bastard. <laughs> Old pliable's story was never all that straightforward. <laughs> I don't remember what happened to Pliable. He became part of a overly blunt allegory, much like the rest of the story. Ah. Pliable was a neighbor of Christians who accompanies him for a while. After falling in the slough of despond, Pliable is discouraged and returns home, only only to be mocked by the townsfolk. 
Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Reader's Digest, uh, Dante's Inferno, I guess I'll call that. You never read Pilgrim's Progress? Being oh, I read in the South? <laughs> God, I read it. It was on every shelf I'd, every shelf I visited. Uh-huh. It was not uh, a particularly clever piece of work. No, no. And then, you know, I went to like a Christian school and man, they were, they thought that was like an epic for the ages, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I remember being scolded because I hadn't read it. So I did. Uh, they hit us hard and early, man, with that in like third grade. Right. We think you're, you're at an age where you can understand the first, the first book of Pilgrim's Progress. Oh, yeah. Okay. I get that. Oh, we missed an obvious one. What's that? Um, it's Constantine again, but you could pick anybody. Zatanna, actually. You know what? Zatanna and Ghostbusters. I thought of Ghostbusters and Justice League Dark. I did. Mm-hmm. I didn't mention it because I thought it was too vague. No, but it's, yeah, that's something I could get on board with pretty hard. Yeah, I could do Ghostbusters and anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything, especially like, uh, Zatanna, her father, Constantine. Dr. Oh, Fate. actually, uh, Blue Demon. Oh, Dr. Ooh. Fate would be fun. Blue Demon and Dr. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right. So a lot of Justice League Dark and Ghostbusters. Yeah, that's why I just said Justice League Dark. Yeah. A lot of fun there. I, mm-hmm. I didn't think of Ghostbusters to begin with, but. Oh, you know what we're missing, right? Just like Dead Man. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Just Spectre, mm-hmm. Dead Man. Like, <laughs> yeah, just uh, Dead Man, like convincing Ghostbusters that he can help, and uh, and and them eventually learning to kind of trust him a little bit, like they did Slimer, but you know, mm. it, that's mostly in the animated series. But whatever. Um, yeah, they didn't really have really much of an interaction with Slimer in the movies. Yeah, uh, a lot for of when he slimed Peter. Yeah, it was pretty hard interaction for him. But yeah, sure. Uh, a lot of fun if you had the Ghostbusters run up against like Spectre, mm-hmm. where they just they, they, like he doesn't even laugh at him. He just kind of like smirks at him, like no, no, I don't care what you built in your basement, buddy. Yeah, you remember the, like they had that whole like uh, Night of the Spectre or something. I can't remember what it was called. It was some big crossover event uh, with Shadow Pact, and like the Spectre was like gigantic. I think it was part of Final Crisis or Infinite Crisis or yeah. one of them. Uh, if Spectre just start, start, started going nuts or whatever, and then you have you know, uh, Ray reveals that there's a uh, you know a rumored missing page out of Tobin's Spirit Guide or some shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's all about the Spectre, like God's hand of vengeance. I could deal with that all day, yeah, man. I could work with that. I could deal with that all day. And you know what? By the way, I don't feel bad for Peter getting slimed. I mean, especially, you know, that version of Peter, not the animated version of Peter. Mm-hmm. That was probably like a Tuesday night for him. <laughs> yeah. That dude's like tricking college girls into sleeping with him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's some there's some creepy ass behavior there. Like Pete Vankman was probably, you know, just living his best life in a snail trail in some girl's dorm room. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was not pretty. <sighs> he should have been fired. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest part is like i thought nothing of it at the time and looking Ooh. at it now i was like oh yeah no he sh- he shouldn't be there he's then, electrocuting one guy even when he's right just to make this girl feel more special so he can sleep with her yeah I, like best case scenario for me headcanon wise is he's actually still logging those results because he i i i think he is a uh 
parapsychologist because he uh, at least wants to gather data on the on the topic. But and I, don't know, I think that's in the in the film. There, like there's a healthy mix of skepticism between the scientists, but still. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that behavior in that lab at that time is just, oh, my God. Looking back on it, it's just hard to watch. Mm-hmm. I like to think that he was running some separate experiment, some separate psychic social experiment. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. If he was running like a reverse pilgrim kind of thing or uh, like a, a second blind pilgrim kind of thing where he was like, oh, you know, you know, what if I have the power to make this uh, subject do whatever I want? How, how do you feel about me now? And, and logging that. Uh, that'd be fine. I don't think so. I think he was just trying to get led. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that's where the he deserves is. to be. He deserved to be fired. Yeah, he he should have been fired. It's actually one of the fun things about the 2016 film is when they're finally like, "Hey, we could use a raise," and the, the universe is like, "I didn't even know you were here. Get the fuck out. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. My holy shit. Why? How did you? Where were you hiding? And then they <laughs> ran out with all the equipment, and it turns out they've just stolen the equipment. That was actually pretty fun. That, that yeah, was, that was a good bit. It was. Uh, I think we're out, man. I think we got we we, we got done. Cool. Let's call it. All right. Well, you can find every episode at dconscreen.com, theoretically. Mm-hmm. But not really right now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Still working on that part. All the new ones, yeah. though. All the new ones, yeah. Um, and you can find us on, you know, all the podcatchers. You don't need dconscreen.com right now. Anyway, you can find us everywhere. Um, even the old stuff. They've actually done a really good job of, of, of making the whole backlog available now. Guess a lot of podcasts were annoyed with the whole 300 rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to help support the show financially, patreon.com slash DC on screen. Um, $1 a month, a month, a month, a month, $1 a month <laughs> gets you uh, every episode ad free. $5 a month gets you that plus whatever the hell else we decide to put out there, which, you know, Sometimes isn't a lot. Sometimes, you know, is an episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'll do. Sometimes you get extra stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, guys, thank you so much. And um, if you want to help support us and not pay money, just um, share us, retweet us, uh, tell your friends, tag your friends in our posts. Get them to be like, hey, check this shit out. These guys are, are awesome. Or whatever lie you want to tell them to get them here. That's um, Yeah. Uh, or, uh, you know, leaving us a five-star rating and review or whatever you think is fair. Yeah, you know, however you want to tell the lie. We're on board. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, until next time, keep some DC on your screen. Bye. Later. Bye. I'm David C. Robertson, and this, the useful whisker... <laughs> And this, the useful wicker, but I can't do it. I'm David. (laughs) And this, the careless whisper of. No, no, no. I'm David C. Robertson. And this, the useful wicker basket who won't help me. God. (laughs) Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. I can't do it. I'm David C. Robertson. And this, (laughs) I got to do it all over again. I'm David C. Robertson. And this, the useful wicker basket who won't help my unsuspecting people of Pompeii, Jason Goss. Hi. (laughs) Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or GEMS, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit DCOnScreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, and every episode of the show for free, including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. 
DC Outscreen is a maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv. That's the sound of a day starting out right. I hear it every time my new Toro Z-Master 4000 Zero Turn starts up. With big-time horsepower, giant voodoo track tires, TurboForce deck, and comforts like MyRide and USB ports, it's fully loaded to mow all day long while delivering that signature Toro cut. From start to finish, this beast means business. Get your Z-Master 4000 today. Toro. Count on it.